0: Good morning. You are tuned into the Media Lounge Podcast, your source for the latest on entertainment, music, and trending news. I am your host, Celine Montijo. Listeners, thank you for joining in on today's podcast. We will be talking with literary voice and Mexican-American novelist J.L. Ruiz. Mr. Ruiz has been named a three-time finalist for the International Latino Book Awards. Here to talk to us about his new novel, Irreversible Damage as stated, is author and Dr. Ruiz. Good afternoon, Dr. Ruiz. I want to thank you for taking a few minutes of your day today to chat with me about your new book. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well, Celine. What an honor to be invited to speak to your audience and to share my passion and excitement about my new novel, Irreversible Damage.
0: And we're definitely excited to listen and hear more about this. And I must add that after reading your bio and being that I myself am first-generation Mexican-American, I Mm -hmm. took a quick interest in your book. I had the opportunity to download the book, and albeit I am not done reading it, I was immediately hooked with your introduction alone so I'm excited about that I understand that this book was something that you've been wanting to write for about 30 years as you mentioned <laughs> in your book, right
1: that is right that is right I mean this is a story that has been developing in my mind for a long time mm, and yeah. um, you know as a as an immigrant from Mexico I you know I'm originally from Mexico City and I moved to this country you know 30 years ago or so
0: so it's been long and anticipated I, Dr. Ruiz, in an effort to give the listeners an understanding of where the idea or the inspiration came from from writing this book, can you share with us in summary a little bit about yourself and your background, which I believe is what you were about to do?
1: (laughs) Well, thank you for clarifying the question. That, that, That helps me. So, yes. Yes, um, I, you know, I, I moved here from Mexico City m- about 30 years ago, and I had just finished dental school in, in Mexico City at UNAM, and, um, you know, growing in Mexico City, I don't know if your audience know a little bit about it, but Mexico City is the oldest city in the continent, you know, and um, there's so much history and culture there that that I grew up surrounded by history and culture and a lot of, you know, very, very proud of that Mexico is one of the largest economies in the world and, you know, a lot of things. So I moved to the U.S. with, you know, with excitement to become a cosmetic dentist because that was my passion. You know, I love cosmetic dentistry. I love making people's smiles beautiful. But but I was very surprised when I arrived here to find something that I had to, I was not aware of. And, and that was my ignorance. I was not aware of the, you know, the fact that when I start meeting people here that people would have a hard time, you know, when they would ask me, Where are you from? Oh, I'm from Mexico, you know, they would always like squirm about it, you know, I start realizing something that that I didn't understand, which was, you know, the, the for whatever reason, and, and actually, I guess the, the book really talks about it, there's been a lot of struggle. You know, for the for the Mexican Mexican American yeah. people in this in this country, and a lot of people are not aware of that, and and I I didn't know that because I came from Mexico and there was no struggle. <laughs> everybody there was Mexican, and everybody you know had.
0: And and I mean,
1: growing up again, and I you know, in my university UNA, which is one of the best in the continent. There were people mm-hmm. from all over Latin America, Argentina, Colombia, and they, all, they were always excited to, to go to Mexico and learn in Mexico. So people in Latin America see Mexico as like the, the Hollywood of, of America, and then, but then you yes. come here and, and Mexico is like the worst. Anyway, it was yes. a very complicated understanding for me, you know?
0: Would you say that you experienced immediate discrimination? Or would you just say that maybe the attitude of those were condescending?
1: Thank you for asking me such great questions. And, and, um, and really, I, sometimes I talk too much. If I talk too much, please stop it. Yeah. So both to answer to your question, both immediately, I found that when I start meeting people, you know, and, you know, and I'm not talking about just, just Americans or white Americans or everybody. I met people from other countries who were also immigrants and stuff. And, and it was very interesting how whenever I, you know, I was in a group and, you know, like for example, I was working in a, in a, in a dental office and there were people from a lot of different countries, you know, Middle East and here and there. And when we had, this chats, this group chats, and and people would say, oh, I'm from I'm from Lebanon. Everybody like, oh my, oh that sounds so interesting. Tell me more. Da, da, da. And whenever it came to me, like, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Mexico. There was like a silence. Like everybody, oh, okay.
0: Mm. I
1: started noticing such a thing, which was very interesting. Mm-hmm. You know the. And I think you know after a while I started understanding. Um, and then the other thing I've noticed, the second part of your question, is the other thing I noticed is that some of my my fellow Mexican Americans, they a lot of them want to hide that they are Mexican. So when I would ask them, "Where are you from?", they're like, "Oh, I'm Latino, I'm Hispanic, I'm Chicano." I'm, or, or when I speak with somebody that was, um, they, they spoke English and I I could tell, just they look like me, they look you know Mexican, right. you know. And I would I would tell them, Are you are you Mexican and or, or do you speak Spanish? And they would get upset with me and, and I'm like, mm. No, I don't speak Spanish almost like like I was offending them
0: that's very sad I was just commenting on that on your story as I'm listening I think that it's very unfortunate that someone with the same background as ourselves would almost deny it and like you said Mexico being the Hollywood of America such a beautiful country how could Mm -hmm. you not be proud of that (laughs) right well I I was and and to me it was
1: surprising that the people were not but um Mm -hmm. but I've learned with time and especially when I started doing research for my book which is a long time ago that I started doing research I learned that one of the reasons what why in this country specifically which is different than what the 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 way that Mexicans feel in Mexico is very different than the way they feel here is because and I talk about this on my book you know when Texas Arizona California were taken over by the United States all the possessions all the people all the wealthy Mexicans they had farms and they had haciendas and you know all of their possessions were taken away from them and then they were forced to become laborers uh, this is some, this is a part of history that, that is there to know but not a lot of people know you know just the way the Spaniards did in Mexico when they took over you know Mexico the same thing happened where there was a, a very strong oppression and they were you know so Mexicans who were you know who were in California already or Texas and Arizona they were forced to feel like second-class citizens they yeah. they They were not allowed to go to schools. they were not allowed to to live outside of certain areas they They were never given good jobs so and of course th- there was a an intentional effort to to minimize their values so they the The, the war mexicans start becoming historically started becoming as an offense. And this is one thing that I also lo- noticed when I came to this country that some people use that the term Mexican as an offense, but they, it has a historical reason, and and that's what I have learned. Finally, I started understanding why is it the, the, the 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 some of our fellow Mexican Americans feel embarrassed about saying that they're so they hide it. That's why you see so many people they're mm. they're closet Mexicans. They don't say it. They can you know they mm. they hide it, and and the book talks about that and. Um, you know, like Ted, Ted Williams, and the, the, he never said that he was Mexican, or, or so many other people out there that, that in the past that were super successful, very, very successful, but they were either half Mexican or Mexican, but they never said they were because they were embarrassed about it, or they knew that if they said it, they would their Their success in life would have been limited so hmm. so anyway that 's a long so all of this is yeah. the stuff that I learned during my 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 thirty years living in this country, and I started trying to understand how did this happen how do how do you why is it that this is happening and through research, and I love history and I've always been a big history buff, I start learning all these things that happen and of course it stays with us, that repression, that heavy repression, it stays in the community, it brings the community down and makes the community feel bad, you know? Okay. Sorry. Long, um, like I said, I'm long-winded. I'm so sorry. You asked me a question, <laughs> no, please. <laughs> no, <or mine. laughs>
0: okay, so, doctor, you were 30 years in thought. Some experience that you've gained um, coming here from Mexico, what finally prompted you to write Irreversible Damage, the Katie Suarez Social Justice Series?
1: That's such a great question. I mean, I tell you, it's, 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 it's interesting how it's been in my heart to do it for a long time, but what really motivated me to start writing is the renewed attacks to the Mexican American community. When the first time that I that I was listening in the in the radio or in the TV about Mexican Americans are or, the, or Mexicans are, are criminals and rapists and, and this and you coming from you know the the, the president. Mm. Uh, I was absolutely shocked, and I'm like, how can somebody start saying those things to yes. a community? Any community it doesn't matter. Can you imagine if they start saying such a thing about the Jewish community or about the right. the Armenian community of any or any community? And uh, mm. and and then I was paying a lot of attention to the to the situation of the dreamers, and you know, during the Obama administration, there the, the seemed like there was a. A, a, an important effort to to give them path to citizenship, which because this is this is people who have who were born here, and I mean not born here, but raised here, and they're just as, as mm-hmm. good as any of us. You know, they're Americans, they, they, mm-hmm. and um, they've known nothing else than being American, and 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 uh, and then I was paying a lot of attention, and then I realized that after all this negativity and this polarization against the Mexican-American community, the interest in in helping the dreamers has gone away. Nobody talks about it. Nobody even, it seems, I mean, politicians, nobody seems to be talking about it. And I'm, young people are because young people are the most open-minded and passionate. But But the powers that be, they don't talk about it, you know. You're absolutely
0: right. It's almost as if they've been stripped of even their hope. And I think that you mentioned something on your introduction about a young lady who you may have known was saddened by her experience. Is that right?
1: Exactly. So, yeah, exactly. As, As you're saying, when, you know, I was seeing all of this, and then all of a sudden, you know, I start talking to one of my coworkers, and she starts telling me how one of her uh relatives, you know, I don't want to say details because that's, that's personal but try to commit suicide. And it was heartbreaking, you know, and, and that's really and was the moment when I said, Okay, I have to do this, I have to write, I have to I have to tell a story that that is not being told and I you know, and and, and I wanted to tell it in a way that was entertaining and that it wasn't sad and negative, you know, that it would bring mm-hmm. hope and pride
0: And tell so, me where did the uh, name irreversible damage stem from?
1: Well, it, it really it was a a trial and error. I have to say, mm-hmm. you know, we I I had a lot of different names along the way, and um, irreversible damage became a very powerful thing because the damage that, that is being done currently to those people to the dreamers. By having to live in in this country, their country, without knowing if tomorrow they're going to be, you know, kicked out, you know, what's going to happen to their children, some of them are children, what's going to happen if they get separated? This is damage that is not, not reversible. They that is, is, mm. is limiting their ch- their hopes for a great life. And, and I mean, how can you go to school? Not knowing if you're going to get kicked out tomorrow. How do you how do you put the effort? All of that is irreversible damage. And of course, the irreversible damage. The talk of the people uh, against Mexican Americans. What what is that doing to the seven year olds and the eight year olds that go to school and, and their fellow school? You know. And I heard this. A lot of the stories on the book are well. This is fully fictional. But a lot of the stories. Things that happen to to Katie's friends and family are things that actually like I got out of the news. Things that they're happening. Mm-hmm. They happen to people. And how, what's going to happen with a eight year old that go to school in Glendale and their fellow schoolmates are telling them, how come they don't kick? How come they didn't kick you out? You guys are all rapists. What, mm-hmm. what what is the damage that that is doing to those kids? You know, because if the president can say that, why can't the the other kids do that? You know how cruel kids are with, with each right, other. Right. Right. All of that yeah. is irreversible damage, yeah. mental and psychological damage for sure, and so is it, and that's and that's why at the end, I felt that that was something that has to be said
0: and we appreciate this so this book inspired by true events as um, i'm I'm reading here some of their reviews, empowering, fascinating, heartfelt. And it was the number one Amazon new release for June 12th because this book yeah, was Yeah, that was so exciting. So congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we, <laughs> was it was Exciting uh... for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.
0: So, Dr. Ruiz, before we wrap up, what do you want your readers to take away from this book?
1: Well, I mean, the message is a message of hope, of knowledge. It's a message of, first of all, understanding why things are happening and and the first thing that that the book explains is those people that are attacking you know uh, the Mexican American community they're doing it for their own benefit they're doing it for financial and political gain and this is part of history mm-hmm. this happened you know this happened time and time again yeah. and just like Hitler you know, chose the the Jewish to become their their scapegoats at one point, and, and he caused so much damage to that Jewish community in, in, in Germany, and he did it for political reason. He 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 did it to create unity among some of his people. You know, his his base. He chose mm-hmm. an enemy, and uh, so understanding that, I mean, it's, it's very important. So the message is understanding that it's not that we have not contributed to this country. The Mexicans have contributed tremendously to this country. Is What's happening is the people that are doing this, they're doing it for political gain, for financial gain, and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and that's a very important thing. It, it should make us feel good about knowing why, uh, when we understand why something is happening, then we can take action, you know? Um, and of course, mm-hmm. the next message is, is a message that we can do something about it. We can unite, you know? We can first educate ourselves, understand the by educating ourselves, we can make changes and talk about it because this situation with the dreamers we need to talk about it we need to call our you know our our senators and our you know representatives mm-hmm. and say what what's happening with the dreamers we need to to have young you know Mexican American women are very powerful and and that's mm-hmm. why I chose a young Mexican American as the hero of the book
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh mm-hmm, they, I, they I I see a lot of powerful women out there and they can they, I mean, of course, we can all work together and Absolutely. we can create change,
0: you know. And I really agree with that 100%, Doctor. Is there anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up? And also, can you let the listeners know where they can find you and where they can find your book?
1: Absolutely. Well, again, this is a, a book. The message is a message of hope and it's a message of unity in the book I'm, I'm very very clear that i believe that the great majority of americans are amazing wonderful people yeah of every background and uh we don't want to isolate we want to unite and and um the the change starts with us we can make the Mm -hmm. change we don't have to be it has to be something that we by educating ourselves we can you know make things happen and change happen I mean, there's a lot, of, a lot of information out there about, about where to get the book. We, we, we certainly are available in, uh, at Amazon and, and uh, Novo and all those old book, book places. Um, our website is uh, uh, jlruizbooks.com. Okay. We have a Facebook and we have an Instagram with the same JL Ruiz Books. Hashtag, and of course we we have an open conversation there. We're, we're going to be doing uh, some book readings in multiple places in Los Angeles and other parts. We're we're actually very excited to be getting a lot of um, invitations to do book readings and talk about the the message in this book in. And thank you for giving me the opportunity okay. to share a little bit about it. I, I uh, <laughs> Sometimes I talk too much, but I'm I passionate about what yes, I it. Yes, I,
0: I can definitely I tell, and we appreciate you, Doctor. There you have it, listeners. We will continue to follow J.L. Ruiz's work and success on social media. Definitely continue to support. I'm excited to finish reading that book. As you stated, find the book on
1: thank Amazon,
0: you. Barnes & Noble. You're welcome. And you can read more on J.L. L. Ruiz at MediaLoungeChicago.com Listeners, thank you for tuning in and Dr. Ruiz, I want to thank you so much for taking a few minutes out of your day today to come on the podcast and share with us about your new novel Irreversible Damage Thank you and you have a great week
1: You too, thank you so much Bye-bye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started